Speech by Michael Foote. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jason Mills. Speech given to the House of Commons on 13th December 1960 by Michael Foote. If it is the case that the government are accepting these proposals, or are to back them, and therefore the NATO alliance, according to my right honourable friend's definition, will become more provocative than deterrent, then that surely will be a very serious situation. The Minister of Defence tried to slur it over. It is a serious and dangerous proposition, partly because of the military reasons already advanced, but partly for political reasons. Think of the timing of it. What an ironic disaster it would be if the response of the West to the new developments that have been taking place in the East, the meeting in Moscow, is an intensification of the arms race in Europe, on a scale which, as my right honourable friend says, would make the NATO alliance more provocative than deterrent. What an appalling way it would be of dealing with this new international situation. Moreover, this proposal cuts across what I think to be the simplest, the most intelligent and the most workable proposal which has come from the East to the West over the years, the Rapaki Plan. This was a plan for keeping nuclear weapons out of a nuclear-free zone before nuclear weapons were put there. The American government turned it down flat, and the British government followed suit because, they said, it would not deal with conventional weapons. When the Polish government said that it would bring into the plan later proposals for controlling conventional weapons, that also was turned down flat. Yet if we are to go ahead with the proposals for putting these Polaris machines all over Europe, or stuffing Europe with more and more nuclear weapons, then it will be very difficult to retrace our steps back to the point when the Rapaki plan was put forward. Which does Europe want? The Rapaki plan, or the Norstad plan? Members opposite may say that they want the Norstad plan. If that is so, they are voting and working for, and are eager to see, an intensification of the arms race in Europe, because that is what the Norstad proposals really mean. They cannot deny the simple fact that if they pile more and more weapons into Europe, they will increase the pace of the arms race. If we pile more into Western Europe, the Communists will pile more into Eastern Europe, and that will increase the pace of the arms race. The question is whether we are to halt that state of affairs. Time and again, in the difficulties which the world has had in dealing with this problem, there seems to have been no intelligent balance made between the assumed military risks of causing a halt in the arms race, and the undoubted political risks of forcing the pace. Those of us who believe in nuclear disarmament believe that part of the reason for this failure is the fatalistic obsession with the nuclear strategy. If honourable members cherish the great deterrent, if they say, as the Prime Minister says, that the maintenance of the credibility of the deterrent must take precedence over all other claims, then political judgment becomes clouded. Many countries do not have nuclear bases on their soil, and do not have this obsession with sustained nuclear armaments, and they make saner and wiser contributions in the councils of the world than we do. That is one of the reasons why some of us are in favour of getting rid of these weapons. But of course, although we would like to see the repudiation of this strategy altogether, that does not mean that we would not welcome a retreat from it as a start. Therefore, if the government, instead of going to Paris to support these proposals, as the minister said today that they intended to do, said instead that they would call a halt now, particularly in view of the factors in the international situation described by my right honourable friend, they would be giving a lead to Europe. But they cannot do that, partly because they have already accepted Polaris. 
it is not much use the minister of defence going to paris and saying that the government do not want the others to have polaris in europe while we are to have it in holy lock when the prime minister made his agreement about polaris in the united states did he know about all these later proposals for putting these machines all over europe had he considered the political implications had he considered that it would mean a new screw in the arms race that it would make negotiations more difficult that he would be once more slamming the door on the possibility of opening negotiations those of us who think that we can negotiate have put down an amendment to the motion and we have every right to do so as i said when my right honourable friends on the front bench complained about our putting down this amendment it tries to outline our idea of repudiating the nuclear strategy they have no right to complain because when they put down their motion it was one which no one who supported the new policy decided at scarborough could possibly vote for i think that my right honourable friend the leader of the opposition will be able to clear up this matter very well when he comes to reply because i am sure that he will say that his motion is absolutely consistent with the defence policy which he subscribed to before and fits in with the strategy he himself outlined of fighting against the scarborough decision of the labour party the matter can be cleared up in that way the rest of us are going to go on expressing our ideas so long as we look at this scene and witness the insanities induced by the nuclear strategy so long as we see influence over our affairs progressively removed from democratic assemblies so long as we see the command over our policies removed to another nation one which has surrendered a great deal of civilian power into military hands so long as we see the military frankensteins assuming authority not merely to dictate defence programmes but also foreign policy the more we will be convinced that there is no military way of checking these dangers much less a military solution for them the only solution to this problem lies in the field of foreign policy but our possibilities of developing a new foreign policy are stultified by our defence policy and by our increasing reliance for the preeminent weapons on another nation that prevents us from having the foreign policy that might provide the only solution but fortunately for the honour of this country there is a great and growing number of people throughout the land who are protesting against the policies pursued by the government sometimes supported by the official opposition who are protesting against the suffocation of democratic responsibilities which goes on in this matter and they have every right to do so we who agree with their views have every right and indeed every duty to state our views on the floor of this house the most famous parliamentary assembly in the world End of speech.